Hello, hello, everybody. Been a while since I did a, a podcast here. So just so you know, my websites are going through a big design revamping. Uh, still got um, two more domains to do. So I'm halfway if you see the website kind of messed up. That's a quantlabs.net and quant-labs.net as well. Anyways, what I want to talk about are the hot sectors so far leading into March. Uh, it is March 4th, as I said. And uh, these are the top sectors. And it says a lot where this month is going to go. Um, and uh, I thought I would just go over it. Now, these are the ETFs that I can scan that are profitable and not profitable. The types of ETFs, I'm not sure. I'll let you figure that out. Uh, if you're particularly interested in these sectors. So let me start. Uh, overseas Asia is number one, 7.62% so far return. And when you look at that, uh, when I look at the OANDA data to see what's moving, I'm seeing early stages of the Chinese markets moving a little bit, um, something to watch. I'm also seeing uh, copper start to go up in price. So after the opening in China, there may be some uh, manufacturing taking place, uh, still early stages, but I, I can't really say, but, but that's why I put it as a watch. Usually, uh, if this sector still continues to move up or be at the top sector, that's when you start to really pay attention to it. Um, right now, also what I'm seeing when it comes to Asia, I'm actually going to do another podcast on this. Uh, when it comes to currencies, the Japanese yen appears to be the weakest. But if things are kind of turning around to be like 2022, which they could be, um, I think we need to be aware of uh, that the U.S. dollar is strengthening. So watch that. And at the same time, the one that 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 that's sacrificed out of all the big six currencies is definitely the Japanese yen. And that can be a nice stable trade with low volatility. As you know, that's kind of what I look for and why well, I don't do as much crypto as I'd like to, even though I love crypto. So right now, that's what I'm seeing coming out of Asia. Commodity metal, still early days. Um, I do segregate metal from gold. Um, I haven't seen any gold yet. Uh, I did see gold kind of move, but again, it depends on the currency. So if you have gold in X currency, uh, it's not going it, to, that's, that's going to be a huge factor. So I'll explain that in my next, uh, in my next uh, podcast episode. So there's commodity metal, that could be traditional, I guess, uh, copper. And if there's a sign of... Uh, like I listened to um, Keiko, and there was a uh, a Quebec guy. He's a billionaire, and um, basically what he was saying is that uh, governments now recognize that they need to uh, get back into mining, namely in Ontario and Quebec and Canada. They they're very heavy resource rich in the northern regions of the provinces. Same with uh, uh, Saskatchewan's getting a lot of uh, attention as well. And, uh, yeah, governments are noticing that. So they're leaning out to people to see how they can make it mining friendly again, but yet obviously keep it environmentally 
uh, friendly as well to satisfy all the overlords over at uh, at uh, Vanguard and uh, and BlackRock. If you haven't heard my last episode on that topic with ESG, so uh, there's that for uh, commodity metal. The next one everybody talks about. That's why I did another episode on this was uh, dividend income. Um, that's a big one. There are specific ETFs that do specialize and and cover in dividend income. So that's at 6.05%. Commodity metal is at 6.25%. So dividend income, everybody's looking for, everyone's talking about it. I'm actually seeing a lot of smaller companies saying, yeah, we're going to raise our, uh, our dividend income and da, 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 da. And I guess that that's a big move to get more, uh, more uh, attention to shareholders. So um, if you listen to my dividend income, I, I don't see obviously anything wrong with dividend income. I just wouldn't bet my entire future and only put money into dividend income because there are some excellent opportunities out there in certain companies that do offer uh, price to go up in their stock. And at the same time, you'll see in their forward guidance that uh, they do put out um, a decent dividend. It just depends on the company. The big one I always say, the big two that I always come up with is um, uh, Realty Income that do all the big, uh, big box. They pay a fairly high one, but their stock is not, well, it's doing okay. It's not, it's not let's put it this way, it's not a top pick, okay? Uh, also, another one's Exxon. So uh, they're going to increase their dividend because we know oil is not going to be uh, the big producer of energy over the next couple of years as this ESG thing kicks in and you hear more and more about climate change and whatnot. So there's that. Um, so the next one, oddly enough, usually gets killed off as SPACs. Now you see that at 4.85%. I really can't comment on that. For those that don't know what a SPAC is, a good example is Truth Social. They merged with some other company and became a SPAC. So is that legitimate way to operate as a company and at the same time getting investors? I really can't say. The other one that's doing interesting enough is what I talked about, ESG. That's at 4.24. And again, when you factor in these companies and what the topics I've covered, it's interesting to see that these are becoming top picks. The other one um, is SP, which is Standard & Poor, basically the, the 500 uh, ETFs, you know, the big ones that you know of. Uh, that's at 4.12. And again, it's really important to know, just because I say S&P 500, you have to know if it's a bearish or a long, long stock or bullish stock, or sorry, a bearish ETF or a bullish ETF. That's that's important to know. So for instance, if I tell you that S&P 500 is moving up, it could be the shorting uh, ETFs that are uh, increasing that. Uh, the other one that is up there is material. That's usually miners. Um, I haven't gone through my latest new list, but there was a lot there. I've pretty well doubled my watch list. Uh, last month, I've got amazing companies to watch. Some of them have moved up about 50% since January. Uh, you probably don't know about them, 
because I know Bloomberg did cover one of them was a reinsurer, a small one based out of uh, out of Bermuda, but their time had come and gone before that interview took place. Other companies that uh, popped up was uh, in in uh, January uh, six six nations, the uh, amusement park operator. Uh, some other interesting companies, uh, Lazy Boys, another one, just companies that you know doing okay, but they're not right now top performers. But for January, they did kind of okay. Uh, so I've got material there. We got energy now. So now we're getting into the oil producers. Um, I am seeing so that that was at two point two five. I did see. Uh, I just did a uh, an analysis on BP. Uh, another one that came up was Shell. Another one that I didn't see any of those, but these are now for, oh, I'm speaking for potential seeking alpha. Other ones that I saw, but it depends on the uh, follower size I may do analysis for. Uh, there's Marathon, there was a Valero, but they may not be followed as much. So, you know, Daddy wants to get paid with Seek and Alpha, but th those are okay companies. I'm not saying they're the top, but they're not bad. Um, and then we get into an interesting one, inflation, 2.07. Uh, so when you see inflation, that means inflation is getting hot. That's why you're seeing this ETF sector kind of get in there. Um, the other one I've not seen before is financial inflation. So these, these are usually companies that are really good at fighting inflation. And it's good uh, places to be when inflation starts to move up. So I find that kind of bizarre. I can't really explain it. It's like, why am I seeing inflation in here as a top pick as a category? Now, the one for uh, February that was really, really hot has dropped off is the finance currency. So in, out of that, I can't really say if those are Forex related. But I will tell you, the regional banks for February, uh, the insurers were just doing awesome. Um, I see here financial at 0.98. So <clears throat> that's the one I'm specifically talking about. But that's international as well. Because out of that, there was a few that were out, let's say, out of Bermuda. Uh, there was one, a few out of Europe as well. And they've done very well. Uh, and again, I keep saying all these stocks, you wanna be part of my uh, data analytics where I send over batches of really good stocks pretty well nearly every day or multiple times a week for sure. And you just open up your charts and uh, you apply a strategy I can provide that's a different level and off you go. So uh, they've been very good. As I said, some of them have done returns of about 50%. The companies that you don't know, but when you dig into what they are, um, they're really good because uh, they have really good, strong fundamentals. For, they're more, as I said, they're more regional banks. So they're going to be strong players in different markets. It could be in Ohio, it could be in New Jersey or whatever, but they're interesting things to know about. The next one I've seen not so strong here, but I've seen it kind of percolate here and there, is biotech. So I can't really talk about that much because I don't see them a lot. But there's the odd company. I haven't gone through my entire list, but usually these kind of companies have high volatility. And the companies that I put out uh, that seem to be 
producers of potential as a performer. Uh, a lot of those companies will have a very low volatility. So you won't see a lot of the um, the uh, the biotech because they're just small and they're too crazy in their volatility. Meaning, so if you put a position on everything when it comes to trading and positions and all that, it's about uh, probability. So the probability is a big factor to, to prevent you from losing money. Uh, okay, so we have new commodity. This is another interesting one, but it's not, I don't know why, it's not a top producer as you think it should be. We have commodity new. So these are like solar wind. Usually it's a solar that does really amazing. And then you get into uh, utilities here as well. And that's a classic defense mover. So for the, those kind of returns, you got commodity new 0.9, financial 0.98, biotech at 1.26, overseas Japan at 0.63. And this is where it gets, okay, so let me, let me stop there. So these aren't really factors that I've put money in. Right now, I'm, I'm filtering out anything that gives me over one. So those are the ones I'll, I'll focus on in terms of scanning. Because even if I focus on the one, I can get over 2,000 stocks in my scanning process. And out of that, maybe 5% of them may get put on a rank list. And then even out of that, there's another filtering. There's like a three-step process of filtering. And then it may get whittled down to maybe half on the final list. And these are really strong performers really nice price action lines. And, and there's a couple in there. I, I put in my blog post about the patterns that I'm seeing that you don't want to take with these companies because a lot of them may go into recent swings. Some of them may go into gaps. They gap up, which is beneficial. But if they gap up, they can gap down. If the markets do turn, because you've seen the whole week, it's been fairly flat or volatile. And and you just don't want that on the downside risk if it gaps down. So I don't include those two type of companies. Again, if they have some recent really extreme like uh, swings, you'll see a nice pattern of uh, a rally, and like say a couple of weeks ago, and then the market drops, general S&P drops, and then those stocks will drop back and, and have a drawdown. And then when the market gets back up, they come back up. You, you generally don't want to have those kind of companies on a watch list. And I say that because those are not strong companies with strong fundamentals. They may not be uh, managed well. They may not have strong financial positions. What you want to see is you want to see companies that have a rally. And at the worst, when the markets turn against you, they may flatline. They may dip a little bit, like really like like barely getting scathed. If you saw the difference between the two charts, you, you know what I mean. Um, but if the stability in that price when the market goes down stays intact, those are the kind of companies you want. And when the market comes back, uh, what will happen is they those companies stay as a top performer. Uh, so that's something you want to have in your, not just watch list, but if you're a long-term uh Buy and and, and uh, buy and hold. Yeah, those are the kind of companies you want because those are really solid companies that will, no matter what 
will will continue to rally. One company that did well and still doing very well, Ardmore uh, Container Shipping, I think it's ACS or AFC, uh, Ardmore. They're Irish um, shipping company and they, they specialize in uh, uh, oil, energy, and I believe they do chemical as well. And I believe they do some other uh, commodity as well. And they, that's what they focus on is shipping. They have a lot of large shipping companies and um, interesting company. And I, they've been doing amazing since August. They, I don't think they've really slowed down. So again, that's Ardmore, A-R-D-M-O-R-E from Ireland. Really strong, really, those are the kind of companies you want. And again, these are the kind of companies you won't know about um, at all. So, you know, I'm just giving you some tidbits here. Now, if you want to see really good stocks that continue to do well, yeah, join my service. I'll talk about that at the end. Anyway, so continuing along, uh, from overseas, Japan at 0.63, that just tells you right there, either the markets are doing well or the yen's kind of crapping out. And uh, there is money being piled into the yen right now as they start to line up. When things, there were certain points last year, 2022, where when things did get bad, yes, the US dollar did very well. But one pair of currency that did fairly well was the USD Japanese yen. And people all seem to like that. A lot of the big money managers like that trade because, well, the Japanese yen is very stable, it's not volatile. So it's a predictable move. Um, for instance, uh, it, it's so crazy right now in the markets where, for instance, the Turkish lira did really good. It was weakening so much, but it was a predictable trade to hide your money out in uh, as the Turkish lira weakened. And then when the big, big earthquake happened, it was just like the Turkish lira just kind of, I don't know what happened. It just, just, just it wasn't weakening anymore. You think it just not the big one. And then the next more volatile ones, the South African rand. And that was trending for a while in terms of weakness. And then, um, yeah, it's just not, it's just not the uh, big producer now. So a lot of what I'm seeing, a lot of the in yen, in yen is weakening. And it seems a lot of money's moving into yen. So maybe that's what's happening here. I'd have to check the ETF, see the holdings and all that. But, you know, I it's just, so far back, I mean, I'm not going to waste my time on it when you have, you know, I'm looking at that's the 17th best producer out of 16 ahead of it. So I don't need to waste my time on it. The next one is financial corporate bond, 0.4%. So obviously companies that have a strong position with their corporate bond are starting to get some return here. Uh, another one, U.S. value at 0.39, financial high yield. At 0.31, treasury at 0.2, and then commodity at agriculture. So for those last four or five, oh, and uh, the next one that was performing was U.S. gaming at zero, commodity energy at zero. So let me go through that. Oh, and then I'm just going to just mention this because it's a big deal. When it comes to real estate, I'm seeing point negative zero two percent. So I'm going to talk about each of those. Small cap at negative 0.32, U.S. tech at 0.92. So, again, these are just companies that anything related in those sectors you just don't want to be in. So let me go through that. 
starting with the financial court. So what we're seeing now, things are going defensive. This, I guess, does not include the Friday big move up. Um, but things appear to be going defensive. So March could be lining up to be another week month. I, you can never predict this. Uh, but from what I'm seeing with the sectors in itself, these are going obviously big defensive plays. And what we're seeing now is is about quality, especially now that I see U.S. value here. It's the first time I've seen that. So we're dealing with companies that, per, that focus on value, not growth, because maybe the growth is not there. So when you see value, a part of that factor for those kind of companies are, are going to be ones that are, oddly enough, paying out dividends. So as I mentioned earlier, that's number three. So that's something to pay attention to on the corporate bond. Okay, but it's not not as sexy sector. So, uh, but just be aware that yeah, people are going to be looking for the quality of the company, not just because there's some in, recent internet play or some tech play that's not making money. Uh, that there's going to be growth there. It's quite clear it's not. U.S. value, as I said. Uh, so this is where it gets very, very, very interesting. People are now looking for high yield, financial high yield. So they're now trying to find uh, sectors um, that are going to give you some form of high yield. I'd have to go through these uh, ETF sectors to really see what's going on in the, in the ETF space, namely the holding and a percentage of, hold, of, of that hold that the, the company has. What I figure here with the high yield and any of these kind of ETFs, a lot, this is when ETFs get really kind of junky, okay? Because a lot of the uh, ETFs, what they do is they put in these um, institutional monkey, whatever you want to call it, uh, monkeying around swaps and put it that in the ETF as a holding to preserve the performance of the ETF to make sure it doesn't collapse. Okay, and then at the same time, they insult you with the management fee. Uh, you don't wanna be in those sectors, okay? I'm just telling you. They'll probably throw in treasury as well because somebody was just too lazy not to do their due diligence of whoever's managing that ETF. I, I see that consistently when things go bad, okay? Because be aware that this is this is where you just gotta be very careful on where you put your money and what type of ETF. Because I tell you right now, ETFs is not the end all and be all. No difference that if you're gonna put money seeking uh, dividend income, which is again, no problem, but you gotta make sure it just doesn't have a lot of the junky stuff in there. Uh, just because it has a bunch of treasury and swaps, that doesn't mean a whole lot, okay? And um, I just would stay away from those kind of ETFs. Uh, treasury is another one. Uh, I don't care what anybody says. Anybody that's gone through Economics 101 should know the inflation that we are facing today and have faced for the last longest time. And then when you get that moron evil witch, Janet Yellen, saying, oh, inflation is transitory and did that for a year, and yet today still has a job, that just tells you what it says about not just the U.S. Treasury on top of the Federal Reserve, should you be trusting them. Absolutely not. And um, it's the same with the gold play. Now, I'm going to co cover that in my next episode as well. So 
We also have here Treasury, not so hot, but what I will say, it's stable for now and does not decline, especially the, the short-term duration bond coming out of the tre U.S. Treasury. Um, but I do think over time, with the debt getting worse and worse and hard for the U.S. government to keep a lid on the interest rate that's being paid out. And as I said, just go to the debt clock in real time to see what I mean. Uh, you'll see it, and it's getting harder and harder for them. So income and defensive plays, uh, as some may be okay to know about, agriculture. I think agriculture is not the best performer, as I can tell you right now. It's in the 22nd position out of these out of these sectors. It's not very strong. But again, people need to eat. People need to be fed. So there's still going to be a lot of the agriculture producers out there, despite what you're hearing about this processing getting blown up and that getting blown up. But I still think there's, there's if anything, if, if that was the case, that then those producers should go up in value because if there's a demand now, there's a shortage of supply. Theoretically, all those um, commodities in agriculture should be skyrocketing. Um, and that could be, that could happen. Obviously, we, we can never predict the future here. Another defensive move I'm finding kind of weird, uh, I would never think, is is gaming. And I thought that would be like companies like in the in the in the, in the video gaming space, like with uh, one company I saw for um, electronic arts, and I thought that was kind of gaming. What I'm seeing now, and I'm seeing that on my watch list. Uh, I don't think they're top performers, but I got more and more uh, gaming is more related to. Uh, gambling. So uh, the most recent batch I, I went through, uh, I wouldn't say it's a top performer, but they did pass a lot of my tests. MGM, uh, Las Vegas Sands, those are been added to my list. So that when I say gaming, those are the kind of companies to watch and they look really good. And um, you don't hear anyone talk about that anywhere about maybe just maybe gaming might be a place to hate uh, um, you know, hide out in to get some kind of return if that performance still continues. Um, but of course, that depends if you're a person like me who's Christian or not, and you want to hold those kind of company. That's up to you. Uh, the other ones I'm seeing that are not producing uh, right now that's still returning zero. So U.S. gaming, as I said, is returning zero. Uh, commodity, commodity energy. So these are um, just general commodity companies. Miners. Uh, the other area that people forget about is the infrastructure support plays in the commodity space. You know, the pipelines, the shippers. I mentioned one already from Ireland uh, and the like. Um, so those those are kind of stable. But again, it really depends on demand. What I will tell you is I did see uh, a sudden bit of a spike. I don't know if it's sustainable, but a price spike, a little one, in both WTI and Brent, Brent crude. So these may start to move up if that continues, okay? All right, so let me just go over two more sectors. Well, actually, I'll do three, four more sectors because these are really kind of important. Okay, so I talked, I forgot to mention U.S. utilities, which is giving you 0.65. So again, those are your producers of electricity 
or whatnot. I can't really talk about that because I don't really haven't really looked into it. I will look into these newest companies that I've just added. Um, and it's about over 40 now. Usually I try to keep it under 20, but I've got 40. But when I'm learning about the whole overall trading, you just don't want to be overexposed to companies that will um, not perform. So it might be better just to focus and scan only on the top three to five and leave it at that and get rid of all the other ones that are could be proved to be dogs, meaning they're not just dogs, but could uh, continue uh, to have a higher probability of taking losses when you take on those live positions. Okay, so we're going from commodity energy to real estate now. So real estate is bringing in a point, negative 0 0.02. So what does that mean? When you get the idiots like Grant Cardone uh, and all these other schlocky, slimy marketing guys online, you don't need to buy a house to make money. Um, because what happens there, you're tying up money. Actually, the other topic, I got to write this down, is um, opportunity cost. Hang on here. This is an important one that nobody talks about. So with opportunity cost, what I'm referring to is if you're holding gold right now, you're probably not getting a premium return as you should because you're tying up your money in that particular stock or asset. And um, why would you do that when you, you want to focus on higher performing stocks, right? Because, because you're, you're, you're just turning your money into dead money and gold is one of them right now. I'd love to see gold. I'd love to see crypto move, but if they ain't going to move, put, put that capital into something else that will produce a return for you. Okay, so the same thing with with real estate. If you're gonna buy a property, you 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 buy it. Well, right now you can't get a mortgage because the interest rates are fairly high. Um, prices will come down and da da. I'm not gonna get in that. But even if you do that and you pay cash or however you finance it, that's cash now not being able to be put back into let's say the market somewhere and get a return. So your opportunity cost is holding real estate right now that could be going negative for you at least the sector I'm seeing, whereas you could take that same money and put it into the market to produce for you. And it may be a month, it may be six months, but at least it's producing. Real estate costs you, uh, uh, hold, especially holding homes with uh, when it comes to maintenance. Uh, you also have uh, property tax and the like. And I will tell you, I just read a story. Real estate is not going to be an incentive to hold over the long run. An example. Uh, a region suburb in Montreal, Westmount. I do believe if, if I'm hopefully I'm I'm getting this correct. They just jacked up their property taxes by forty percent, forty percent. So if, if and, and the way the reason why in Montreal they do that is because it's a very wealthy uh, area of Montreal. On top of because Quebec is kind of like one of these language charge. Societies, a lot of English-speaking people live in, in Westmount. So I don't know if that has anything to do with it. Personally, I don't care. But the point I'm trying to make here is if you hold property, do not be surprised when you, wherever you live in that, wherever that house is, that you will start to see uh, your region, municipality, or whatnot will jack up property tax because they want to house all the immigrants coming across the border and the southern border, if it's going through Canada, on Roxham Road, whatever, 
they're going to be housed. And if the property owners will take that hit. Okay. And just one example of many on why uh, property tax is going to go up. So you have to be aware that this will happen in real estate. But of course, the bozos on YouTube and their ads will never tell you this. But that's what I'm seeing. That's what I'm reading. Be aware. Okay. So let's go into small cap. Usually in small cap for US, they usually are better performance in recession. Uh, so far, what I'm seeing, they're very sensitive. So they're not giving you a better return. Funny enough, uh, we'll move into the next one, uh, U.S. Tech. Uh, usually, that used to be easy money, obviously. Companies like Apple, Microsoft, Alphabet, Meta, and all these companies. Well, they're now down point negative point two nine two. I just saw the chart for both Microsoft and Apple. They are suffering. Really bad-looking price line on those companies. Of course, they'll come back at some point. They will come back and lead the market, and that's great. I'm not. I'm not here to uh, quantificate on what's good or not. I'm here to get returns, just like everybody else. Okay, I'm. I'm. I'm giving you my opinion on what's moving, what's not, what I'm seeing for the month of March. Okay, so that's tech. Not doing too good. Another one you think that should be doing good is U.S. healthcare. I won't say it here, but um, if you're on my Rumble. I have taken a look at the, the drug pushers, if you know what I'm talking about, the medicine that we're all supposed to take because of the global sickness. I will tell you that I think they're suffering and they will continue to suffer because of the uh, evil deeds that they've been part of. So we're seeing that now as, as a category and uh, let them continue doing it. Yeah, start to lose money. Anyways, that's about it. Uh, I want to share, and there's lots of other. Uh, companies and sectors I'm seeing here. One I will say it does not look good is US crypto. That's at negative 8.27. I can't say, but uh, everyone's talking about Bitcoin should drop. I'm going to be honest with you. I hope it drops because um, I just want to get rid of all these uncertainties of the likes of right now, finance getting investigated uh, with the US government, especially under Senator Warren. Um, and uh, Tether, the other crook. I'll do a webinar podcast on that. But let's talk about Senator Warren. I don't like Senator Warren, but I will give you one thing that she's good at. If she's going to go after these evil, especially in the financial world, companies, that's where she's good at. And let her hammer these companies because some of them are frauds. And if she's good at it, let her do her job because... It's good for us little people. Okay, I'm not. I'm not trying to say I'm a socialist. I don't like her at all. But some of these um, left leaning, when they want to go in the attack from the little people, you know, I'm a little person too. I, I believe in entrepreneurship and capitalism and all that in the right way. But if you got a bunch of senators on on the left side that's going after these big bad corporations, let them have it, especially from a senator or Congress level. Anyway, so. I mentioned about my membership uh, right now. My websites are going through a redesign. So as it stands right now, I'm not going to take any emails right now uh, because they'll probably go nowhere until I get all this fixed up and confirm that email capture will uh, take place and continue. That should that should be hopefully fixed uh, come Monday, um, I'm hoping. And also this week, uh, what's it, uh, March 4th. 
We are going to have two other topics. I just did CBDC. I just did uh, ESG. Very top of mind for quite a number of people. Giving you my opinion on it here. I'm looking at ESG as the number uh, five topic. Um, and hey, if you can get a return out of it, good. I'll do it. Gladly take it. And sometimes I can have my own statements on on particular topics, but then I can contradict myself. But when it comes to returns, yeah, that matters. Um, so there's that. I just did CBDC. You know, that's your number one threat right now for your capital and wealth preservation. So you got to really educate yourself on that. And the only one that will help preserve any of your wealth, the way it's going from what I'm reading, will be unfortunately for some that want to hear, it's going to be crypto. Uh, so there's that. Going back to crypto, the two evil entities that I think got cleared out of the market for crypto is, is, is um, uh, Tether. I'm going to do a, a podcast on that. Thankfully, somebody sent me that. Thank you to them. And uh, the other thing that needs to get cleared out is Binance. I've talked about them in a few podcasts ago, so go look that up. Um, and that's about it. Okay, so that's it. If you want to continue watching what I'm doing on the uh, uh, on the stock pick list, yeah, you got to join my membership. I'll, I'll do. I'm going to be getting heavy in marketing that. And uh, if you're on my email list, just be forewarned on it. And um, we do get the occasional person uh, that doesn't like this type of talk. You know, I don't run a charity. I got to keep the lights on. I got a little chihuahua to feed. And um, to be honest, we all got to make and eat, right? So some people may not like that. That's fine. You can get off my list and go to the next YouTube sensation and see where it goes. Anyways, we'll leave it at that. Thanks again for listening. Uh, long, long podcast to know. But uh, we shall talk to you later. Have a good day, Nate, wherever you are. See you.